welcome. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Our desire at Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny perfectly orchestrated for those who are willing to be adventurous enough to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the comforting Spirit of God to radically display the Father's love for you. You are a part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to our guest minister for today. So I know that we, as a leadership team, speak a lot to the coincidences, if you believe in them, the way we allow the Holy Spirit to flow in this family. Yet, we need to be cognizant of stuff and things, like the clock, which is a great thing and a bad thing all at the same time. So today, I want you to open your hearts, be willing to receive what the Lord has put together for us today, which I believe is going to be glorious. So Father, we give you this time right now, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving through us all, for cultivating the soil of our hearts the way you do. Jesus, have your way amongst us and in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Deb shared a little bit about, uh, in the word that she released, how it's all about him, especially in this hour. It's about him. It's not about us. It's about him. Luke 9, 23, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, discipline himself, be discipled in the ways of Jesus and take up his cross daily and to follow me if what a big word on this journey if we can have it all i desire i desire all that he has for me and this disciplining the flesh is a journey not there yet, but we're out of the gate. I'm out of the gate. I'm moving in that direction. So today, I want you to take hope as we begin to share what the Lord is doing and has done in the lives of some of your family. I speak a lot to testimonies because testimonies changed my life. I saw somebody that, and the Lord touched me and said, you too can. Nuh-uh. Get out of town. Yeah, you can. All right. I'll attach my imagination to it because your word says. Jen, please come and share what the Lord has given you and what the Lord has done in your journey.
Good morning, everyone. For those of you who might not know who I am, I am Jen Austin. And it has come to my attention that there are people out there who might believe that I was somehow born a so-called wheels-off, totally sold out to Jesus Christian. And the fact of the matter is, I was not. In fact, I spent most of my life rebelling against God and running from him. I grew up in religion and believed the lies of God's nature that religion tells. I spent my late teens and all of my 20s chasing after the things that the world says are valuable. Money, a career with a fancy title, nice cars, a nice house, fancy vacations, nice TVs. I believe that all of the stuff and things would make me happy, only to find myself more empty and lost. Then I had this feeling for years that I was missing out on something, something that was bigger than myself. Then in 2020, everything, including most of the churches, shut down, and all I could see were people in abnormal fear that seemed to paralyze the entire world. Shortly after that, I said, Lord, I don't want to live my life this way anymore. I don't want to just sit by and watch people be in fear when I know that that is not of you. And if your church is unwilling to stand up for you, then I will. Whatever you need me to do, I will do it. About a week later, I found myself at Beloved Church. <laughs> And then I started to hear things that I had never heard before. Truths about God that I and so many other people were not taught by the other churches. Soon I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it was like going from living your life in black and white to finally being able to see in color. Everything including God's word, came alive to me. And the Holy Spirit started to show me how God sees things. Not long after, I started serving in guest services, and about a month after that, God sent me to Karis. During this time, God was working on my heart. He started to show me the things that were needed to be removed from my life. Some of these things I didn't even know I had. The first thing he delivered me from was antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication. After all, I didn't need these things anymore. God was my medicine. Next, he delivered me from my addiction to drugs that I had been using to self-medicate for years. Then, 
He showed me the eating disorder I had that I was very deceived about and how it was killing me. Next, he took away the addiction to nicotine that I had that I was unable to rid myself of in my own strengths. But for God, it was so easy. Then he gave me eyes in order to see my husband the way God sees him. I have never been more grateful, appreciative, and in love with my husband than I am now. And every day is another day, another opportunity to love him the way God created for him to be loved. I don't know if I would even be married today if I had not let God into that area of my heart. Our marriage was once a desolate place, and now it's more full of love and laughter than it has ever been. About a year after I fully submitted my heart to God, he came to me and said, it's time to get serious about paying off all of your debt. So I started to give where he told me to and gave the amount that he told me to. He also gave me other instructions on how to situate my finances in order to better position myself financially. And within nine months, my husband and I were able to pay off more than $20,000 in car loans, credit card debts, and old student loans that I had had for over a decade. My husband and I, for the first time, were totally debt-free. Then, God blessed me with a job that was better than I could have ever imagined. For the first time in my adult life, I had a job in a department where I felt valued and sincerely cared about. God knew what kind of work I would like and the kind of things that I was missing in a job. He provided above and beyond with the role in my secular job that I still have today. While God was pulling the bad things from my heart and from my life that were not supposed to be there, he was placing his things in those areas instead. God gave me his eyes, and I started to see people for who they really are in Christ and saw how precious each and every one of us is. With the teaching I had been submerged in through Karis, I was learning truths and revelations that I had never heard before and that have changed how I think. It gave me a love for God's word that has done more for me than words could ever express. I was now living a life totally transformed inside and out, all because I had submitted my heart to God. The things I've shared with you today are only the 40,000-foot view of them. Each one has details and happenings that were carefully orchestrated by the Lord, and that can be best described as, you just can't make this stuff up. 
People don't seem to realize the kind of power that is in a fully submitted heart. It's the power of God. It's the kind of power that can turn ashes to beauty. It's the kind of power that can thwart every attempt the enemy has made against you. It's the kind of power that can transform your life without you having to labor and toil to accomplish it. There are also those who might fear submitting their hearts to God. Fear that if they let go of those things in their life that they know are not good for you and give them over to the Lord, that they would somehow be missing out. I have news for you. You are already missing out. You're missing out on all of the wonderful blessings God has for you and wants for you. You're missing out on living a life that is completely set free by Jesus. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. I don't miss any of those things that had dominated my life for decades, not even a little bit. So what areas of your heart have you not fully submitted to God? Submitting your heart totally to God is like going to the beach. Afterwards, you find sand in places that you didn't even know you had for days, if not weeks. A submitted heart allows God's grace into those secret places. Some of these places you didn't even know you had. My life demands a supernatural explanation. God wants his glory to shine through your life too. All you have to do is open your heart to him and let the ocean of his love wash over you. Let his grace cover every part of you. Thank you. You can't make this stuff up in the natural. And I happen to know just a few more details that she didn't share. Remember, 40,000 foot view, right? Mm -hmm. And learned and was blessed by a ton of what she shared. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Anybody know anybody that can walk out of any of that in their lives? I mean, not yourselves, of course. Maybe it's the people on YouTube or Rumble that need help in those areas. Attach your hope to what Jen walked out of. I remember the day they came. It was glorious. Man, the power of the testimony. Coming out of the world and being radically transformed by the two simple gospel message and the truths that are in the scriptures. Not doctrines of devils and man, not religion. 
the simple truths of the word that will make you free. So Brandon and Marsha, will you please come and share? Marsha probably just needs them both. <laughs> and we'll. Hi. I'm Brandon. I'm Marsha. <laughs> so this fall, we'll, we will celebrate 21 years of marriage. In a row. And I came from a lot of the same background that Jen just described. Uh, religion kind of messed me up a little bit. So when I met Marsha, I wasn't really interested in the whole God thing at that point. And um, when we got married, I didn't even want to get married in a church, so we didn't. But... Uh, we don't, I don't have any, any sob stories about you know, our, our, our journey or our relationship. Um, it was fine. It wasn't you know, great or anything, but it was fine. But it seemed like something was missing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> took my point, but um, I didn't grow up in a church. I never really stepped foot in a church service before um, coming to Beloved almost two years ago now. Complete um, blank slate. Blank. So everything gets really overwhelming at times, um, just trying to learn everything and, and just be with God. And um, so like Brandon was saying, um, I was looking back at our, our years that we've been married together, and when we started having kids, we, I, just, I felt like something was missing, and I didn't know what it was um, until coming here and finding this lovely family, and now I can't imagine my life without all of you. So. And what... I wasn't looking for this church. It just kind of happened. And even once I started coming, I still wasn't sure what all this stuff was. I think, uh, I think Jen said a line a couple of years ago that she was raised Baptist and we were taught that you're never allowed to put your hands up to, to celebrate or worship. And so, you know, you come in here and everyone's doing their thing and I'm like... <laughs> but... Uh, as we, uh, as we started this journey, and um, I, I came to Beloved for a few months, and then I'm, I'm just, I come home, and I'm telling Marsha what's up, and she's like, okay, let's go, which is pretty much our relationship. And uh, she would just come away with, uh, whoa, what was this? You know, and uh, um, it just, it led us, it's even kind of hard to put it into words because it's changed our marriage at a fundamental level that 
neither of us knew were missing. But uh, I think one of the things that never happened in my life prior to rediscovering um, my, uh, my faith and, on, and this body is that we never really experienced signs and wonders in our personal life. You know, if th good things happened, bad things happened, but nothing that would be like, whoa, what was that? And uh, since, and just in the last couple of years, um, I had a, just a debilitating uh, pain from uh, previous uh, surgeries in my abdomen area that I just, anything hurt, um, I asked for healing, I got healing, and I've been pain-free for almost two years. In fact, I think one of the, well, uh, I can't remember exactly which activity it was, I think it was maybe when we were at Pastor Bob's Cutting Wood. Uh, by the end of the day, I hurt in every single part of my body except for the place that was healed. And as the love of God continues to bless and change our marriage and the dynamic with our family, I'm not the only one that's been healed. Eliza, our, our oldest, has had to wear glasses since she was one. And I think she threw them away a couple of months ago. Um, and so when we were at Trace Diaz over the couple of weeks ago, um, one of our bunk mates was actually legally blind and um, deaf. And I shared my testimony about Eliza being healed with her eyes and all that she went through. Um, and um, she's now able to see and she is able to um, hear now. So by sharing Eliza's testimony, it, it also helped her with her hope and her manifestation of her healing as well. So, um, speaking of signs and wonders, um, this recently, this happened to us um, a couple months ago, but we were on our way to, to Grace Group in January, I think it was. Just after Marriage Covenant weekend, or week. Oh yeah, good call. <laughs> and uh, a deer decided it wanted to hit us. <laughs> so it did, and it completely... It completely just destroyed our vehicle, and uh, we were all in it. Uh, Marsha was driving. I wasn't even looking forward. I was like this, talking to her, whatever, and it felt like <laughs> we hit a marshmallow. Um, the airbags didn't go off. They should have. Uh, nobody was hurt. I was twisted like this, not so much as a, as a sore muscle or whiplash or anything. The deer wasn't so fortunate, but uh, the Lord blessed us that night. Uh, we, maybe 30 seconds later, some people came out and uh, offered to, to 
take us back to, um, take us to, to Grace Group. We did not miss. And uh, they wanted to know what we wanted to do with the deer, so we were able to bless them with the deer, too. And uh, um, when, we got, when we got to Grace Group, we talked about it, and there was just this peace that came over me. And uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to devote a single second of being worried about this. God's got us. And I'll, I'll, I'll spare you the details, but when, uh, when the insurance money and all that stuff came back, and we found the right vehicle to replace, and by the time we paid taxes and all that, the new vehicle, which was newer and in many ways better than the old one, but not all the ways. <clears throat> she has to drive it, not me. It cost a dollar. And I can't, I can't even explain that. Um, so these are the sort of things that have been happening in our lives that just didn't happen before. And um, I think we're out of time, but uh, do you have anything? I think just um, being able to learn about how to be dependent on him in all things. So laying it down, giving it to him, and just be dependent. And, and it's allowed us to open up our communication in our marriage a lot, too, because um, I don't know if any of you know Marcia, but she doesn't talk much <laughs> until you get to know her. And, but not talking, and then somebody like me who is a talker, uh, it's amazing how many times miscommunication can happen. And that's the sort of thing that when something happens and you have to almost have an after action review, that those are always hard, but um, we've been able to have those hard conversations um, that we just weren't able to have before and uh, because we realized that our marriage was clearly ordained and blessed by God and it's, it's just been awesome. Amen. Well done. Thank you. And doesn't Marcia talk well when she shares? So I can't not hit the bullet point. Who knows a family that needs to come into the kingdom of God, come from dead to alive, have hope, have a marriage that's growing deeper in each other, have children that walk in the Lord and are becoming who God destined them to be. That was awesome. Thanks, you guys. And again, some details I didn't know. They've been holding back on some stuff. Y'all stop that. that. That's all of you, not just them. Yes, brother. You <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. He didn't say it, but it's another you can't make this stuff up. If you don't know how he got here, I'd encourage you to know how he got here. And how his mom got here. Those unctions of the Lord, those little silent whispers in your head, led to this.
praise God, just like Jen and her mom and dad. So, Stacy, will you please share? morning. I have been asked to share about a few things. Um, one was when I chose to leave Beloved and when I chose to come back. And then the other one is um, what it's like to have a submitted life to Jesus and the power of the re redeemed relationships that can come from that. So I have to give quick background information, and this is definitely a flyby. Um, I had been living in Pearl City for six years when God brought me to my husband in 2008. After a five-month whirlwind relationship, we were married. We knew that God had brought us together. He introduced me to the Father I never knew and showed me the first real love of God. I have the best husband, Jen, and I am thankful every day for him. But what we didn't know turned out to be a lot more than what we expected. Pastor Steve and Kay were called to Pearl City to start a church, and Beloved's first service was March 4, 2012. I already had a church at that time. Even though I had grown up with no religion, I had gotten into a Lutheran church with my first marriage. But I knew I would have to go to Beloved because it was my husband's brother. I cried a lot because I loved my church family. It only took one service for me to know that Beloved was exactly where I was supposed to be. Two months later, I was asked to be the praise and worship leader. It was terrifying and exciting. Now, I would like to point out that memories cannot always be trusted. So I'm going to tell you what I recall of this, but there's always more than one side. In the meantime, Tim and I were still trying to learn who we were in Christ, who we were to each other. We were still trying to blend and manage six kids that we had brought together in our marriage. The ages at the time were 16, 15, 14, 11, 11, and 10. They were active in extracurricular activities in two different schools, and Beloved was growing. And then we were blessed with our unforeseen gift of having Trinity. It seemed as though we lived at church and we lived at school. We were so young in the Lord and really trying to do what was best, but we felt pulled too thin. So we sought a solution, but we were not able to find it, or perhaps we weren't able to recognize it. It eventually came to a head. It seemed as though I had to pick between my church or my family, and I chose my family. Many tears were cried over the situation. I was removed from leadership, and I put a scarlet letter on my chest. Some of my family stopped coming to church, but I continued for a while. But that scarlet letter was there in my eyes. The deception of being an outcast grew, and eventually I stopped coming to church. It was a strange year being away from church and all those we had come to love. Things seemed to settle some, and we decided to go back the next year at Easter. Talk about knees trembling. Once we were here, there was a sense of getting to take a deep breath again. But there was also an unexpected uneasiness. I was so glad to be back, 
We came the next Sunday and the next. The knowing that I wanted to be there grew, but I found myself weeping to the point I would have to go outside to compose myself and come back in. I did not understand why I was so conflicted in my heart. And in comes Tom Stammen. I believe it was his first time here, and I thought he was speaking in tongues when he gave his message. I could not follow him. I found myself outside again weeping on the back step, and I cried out to God and asked him why. Why was I crying when I knew that I wanted to be here? And I did not get an answer. So I came back in, sat down, and after church, my husband came to me and said, Stacy, you need to go get a word from him. He's the real deal. I had never done that before in that setting. So I waited, and when my turn came, I sat down right there in front of Tom. He was talking to someone, and he turned, and he looked me in the face, and he said, okay, look, here's the deal. You feel like you don't belong here, but you do. Guess what I did? <laughs> I didn't hear much after that. I had heard what I needed to hear to return with my whole heart. Eventually, I returned to praise and worship team, and the restoration process began. Sometime later, the then associate pastor, Dennis Harvey, gave a message on repentance in Stephen Kay's absence, and I was convicted. I was led to publicly apologize through tears to my church family, and what it did was it set me free. My family returned to church. Fast forward. My family finds itself strained yet again by an impending church split that we didn't know was going to happen. There was an incorrectly spoken and received prophecy from one involved in this church split, and my family divided regarding what to do. But this time, I chose to stay. December 23rd, Pastor Steve did a three-part series called Some Assembly Required, and that message changed my life forever. In it, he used props, what I think was for the first time, and it became a modern-day parable to explain what he had went through when he received the call to start his church. It was eye-opening and fantastic, and it's still on YouTube, just saying. He encouraged us in our callings, and through him, God spoke to me and said, everyone needs a Stacy in their life. I was the example chosen as the encourager, the cheerleader, and my heart leapt. In 2021, the second church split happened, and a chasm developed between me and my family because I was pursuing God in an accelerated pace, and it felt like they were not. Life was strange. My eyes were open to see that I had my priorities out of order. Kids first, husband second, God last. I sought wisdom from Sharon. I began meeting with Pastor Steve to learn about how the Bible instructs us on life. I began meeting with Kay. Many conversations, I was told many things over and over and over, and I was finally starting to see the truth. Almost every area of my life had improved, but my heart still wasn't at peace regarding my family. August 23rd, 2020, went to church like every other day. See a Victory was the song that was on the playlist. <laughs> Larry came up to me 
beforehand and said, God wants you to know he's got this. During praise and worship, every song was meant for me. Didn't matter if anybody else was here. Sat down and listened to the message, and it was dropped in my heart that I needed to be baptized again. I had already been baptized. There was no baptism scheduled. That was weird. So we were going to go swimming anyways at the Smith's house, but as we drove, I started crying, and God said, do you trust me? Now, I was still learning to believe that I heard the voice of God. I heard it again. Do you trust me? I think so. Yes. I promise it will be good. Okay. I am to be your only expectation. I start crying, not really knowing what it means, but knowing that I had to be baptized. Trin was in the back seat and said, Mom, are you crying? I said, yes. She asked me why. I said, God's asking me to trust him in something that I thought I already was. And as a beautiful child of God would say, well, Mom, if God's asking you to do it, just do it. <laughs> God bless her. <laughs> so we got to Ryan and Jess's house. Some people were there. I took Kay, Jess, and Ryan in the back room. We held hands, and I asked them to be a witness of what was about to happen, even though I didn't know what was about to happen. We went out to the pool. Pastor Bob and Steve were already out there. I told them what was going on. They ministered to me, and I was baptized. I came back up. My soul opened, and I cried out and released years of anguish and pain. I cannot tell you what it was like. I had presented myself as a living sacrifice that day, and God was there. Stacy Castle went down. Stacy Christ came up. <laughs> Since then, I have this list of things that have happened, but I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, as Jen said, the Bible came alive, guys. Like, it is living, and it wants you to know it. It is so much fun to read the Bible. I've done things with my job, with my career, with my family. I have stepped out in faith and seen miraculous healings. I gave my first sermon at my brother's funeral. Um, it has just been so amazing, and I've really learned to lean on God. God has called me back to life. What are the odds we'd sing that today? There has been and continues to be redeemed relationships. Anyone who knows me, and even hopefully those who don't know me, know that I love Pastor Steve and Kay. They are my double brother and sister, my pastors, my disciplers, my friends. And we did not get into this position overnight. It was a choice to push through offense, to put aside emotions, to seek the truth. And good news, we have been made free in our relationship. I know they love me. I don't wonder. I don't question. I don't hope. I don't have mental assent. I have experienced the unconditional perfect love of God through them and through Sharon. I can now give that to others. I can see past behavior into identity better than I ever have. But hear me, I don't know it all, and I don't do it perfectly yet. But God is able to finish the work that he started in me. And it's been Jesus in all of it. What I was seeking was love, and I found it. I found love. I found Jesus in Sharon, Steve, and Kay. 
the Jesus in me connected to the Jesus in them, and there is nothing that anyone can do or say that will make me believe anything other about them. There is freedom in our relationship. Tough situations, hard conversations, gentle encouragement is all possible because we love one another as Jesus loved us. And beloved, I have testimonies that are yet to be fulfilled. There are relationships yet to be redeemed, and they're in process. And I know God is faithful. I can't say they will look like what I think they should, but I, knew that my, I know that my God redeems things to better than what they were. I have lived it, and I promise you the best is yet to come. That's so good. Thank you. I don't want to be a broken record. Talk to me. But so much that I didn't know in that testimony. That's powerful. I know that I know that there are parts of all of these testimonies that we've been blessed to hear so far that we can identify with in some way, shape, or form or another. We're humans. We're all on the same journey from glory to glory, deeper in him, getting out of ourselves and into him, becoming exactly what he intended and created us to be, our destiny. And we can't take offense. There's so much there, yet, let that one thing, if that one thing can assist you to not do that one thing that Stacy walked out of and through, offense, division amongst the saints. God called it an abomination for a reason. We have choices to push through immediately or to allow it to turn into a bitter root. Amen. Nice job. Thank you, Stacy. I know I say quite often, go back on YouTube and watch that. Stacy dropped a really good one. Some assembly required was awesome. And I, for one, am going to listen to it again shortly. It, it's on my to-do list immediately. It was a great word. Because I don't know about anybody else, but I need some assembly. This is a journey. And being able to hear from each other, being submitted one to another, and not walking in fear of man, which stops us from testifying. I know, maybe it's just me. It stops us from sharing what the Lord has done, what we were before and what we are now in that area. And if we're submitted one to another, we walk in no fear of that. Yet, look at how encouraged we are by these testimonies. And I promise these people that are testifying will be blessed. They will be blessed. Chris and Missy, where are you kids? Oh, right there. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks. 
First, we'd like to say thank you to Beloved and to our Father for giving us the opportunity to share his testimony within our lives and how he's changed them dramatically and for everybody that we got to hear today so far. Um, Missy and I, we are total opposites. And the way we met, the way we met at 14 and 15 years old was total opposites. Um, I didn't get the girl next door, guys. Um, I got the girl across the street. <laughs> Literally. Um, we lived in the exact same kind of houses, just across the street. So they were actually opposite sides. Her garage was over here, mine was over here, but they were exactly the same. And she was that girl across the street. And uh, we started dating about 14 and 15 years old. So he was the kid that um, my parents would always say, don't mess with the kid across the tracks. <laughs> um, and he was that 14-year-old that was definitely trying to get my attention. Every time my girlfriends and I went outside, him and his friends came outside. <laughs> Every time I was outside and his sister would be inside and knew that he was looking out the windows, she would come scream, Missy, Chris is looking out the side window at you. And all of a sudden, a few minutes later, Chris would appear and his face would be bright red. So that was how he got my attention. So we started dating again at 14, 15 years old. Um, my parents were not happy whatsoever. And then I went off to school. And this kid shows up out of the clear blue in my dorm, looking, watching, and I happen to walk out my door, and there sits my boyfriend with a Barney stuffed animal, saying, I found you on this campus. And I said, you did. I, I literally drove from DeKalb to North Central College in Naperville. And not knowing what dorm building she was in, not knowing anything, but the first building I went into, the first hallway and the first room I walked in and looked in, I've seen her. And it was beautiful. So it wasn't all everything. We had definitely a worldly relationship. We had our first kid, Drake, at 19 and 18 years old. We had our daughter, Mackenzie, at 23 and 24 and 99. Um, we had lots of fights. We had no trust for each other. We had nothing. I couldn't walk out the door without him wondering where I was going. I couldn't let him walk the door. I figured he was doing something he wasn't supposed to. She was right. It was. There was a bunch of abuse. There was addiction. There was moving from place to place. There was jail time. There was rehab. There was lots of monk. We got engaged January 1st of 2001, which was also just a, well, I guess we'll do this because it was also a whole mess. And now, that, now where we are now, I almost wonder if it was God's way of trying to not get us to do it because we were going to end up being in a worldly marriage. So this first marriage, now we were married, we're married twice. So our first marriage that she described of lack of trust, abuse, addictions, all this crazy madness stuff, we didn't understand what marriage was really about. 
and we got into this contract marriage of the world, and we behaved like we were 14 and 15 years old as we met. We had those childlike behaviors. We, we pointed and blamed and, and poked and prodded at each other and never took ownership for one another. It was always her fault or it was always my fault. And I was pointing at each other at, the same, at that time. And bringing up the past. Yes. So we got married October 13th, 2001. Um, my husband stood at the, in front of the church, in front of our family and friends. Hi. Yeah. And saying his vows. Mm. We enjoyed our reception with our two young kids who had a ball. They thought it was the best thing in the world, especially our six-year-old son. And we continue living the worldly life, but now married because a piece of paper said we were married. A year later, we had our baby boy at 26 and 27. And during this time, things had been happening. My brother, after, we had, after that, our, my brother got hurt over in Iraq. My mother's MS was getting bad. Chris's addictions were getting worse. We were losing our houses. Him and I were getting torn apart. And I slammed a door on my faith on my religion, on everything, and nailed that sucker shut and put bricks over it and said, I'm not even going there. Yeah. So there came a time that we've lived from 2001 pretty much on to 2015 when the night came that I've had enough of all my nasty baloney Mahoney stuff and cried out to Jesus, and he changed my life and told me exactly what to do, where to go, and, and I listened to that. And I was on fire. I mean, I'm, I surrendered all. I mean, I woke up the next day. I didn't touch another substance, abuse of anything. And, and, and really, was just a new person. I was born again. And as I was on fire with Jesus, I come back to her, wanting to share that with her and bring her into that. She heard everything underneath the sun for those many, many years. And so what I was trying to share with her and tell her, she had a, a wall a wall on her. I think she's wearing heels right now, but she dug her heels in, guys. She dug them in. And um, she didn't want nothing to do with that. And so we ended up getting a divorce in uh, March 13th of 2017. And it was kind of our our death that we needed to die to self. And to our old marriage. Because we know that when we die to self, something new, something greater is going to come. And it surely did. The day that our divorce was final, I was on my knees in the courtroom, literally losing myself. I was a mess. We had three officers come up and ask if I was okay, if they needed to call 911, something I was absolutely a mess. But what I didn't realize is I was mourning the death of what the world had as a view of what my marriage should have been. So on April 30th, on my 42nd birthday, I hear this voice for the first time in a really long time saying, you need to go to a women's weekend. And I'm going, nope, that's what Chris wanted me to do. He goes, no, 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 no. This is what I want you to do. 
And I'm going, okay. I go, but I'm not telling him. And he's like, you do that part, but you're going to the weekend. So I signed up for a Treus Dias weekend. And the verse that came up to my, that was brought to my attention before I walked into this door, and this is something Chris doesn't even know, was 1 John 4.19. We love because he first loved us. See, what I didn't realize is he put that verse on my heart because I had to realize he loved me before I could love him the way I needed to love him. And I opened the door to Jesus that weekend. I was like, okay, here we go. And I realized that all those times that I cried and prayed that my three kids would break the cycle of what his family had already gone through were going to be answered. Mm -hmm. I realized that when I was on my knees crying at his sister's grave, apologizing that I couldn't keep the promise to her that I would protect and stay in love with her brother for the rest of my life. I thought I couldn't do that. But what I didn't realize is God was listening and he, was, he already had a plan to fix that and that I was going to be able to keep that promise to her. So we started dating shortly after my weekend. Well, we went from the divorce and then so we had to start all over. So we started dating, really dating. Instead of being 14, 15 years old, we really started taking time to really listen to each other, engage with each other, go out and date, and put this time aside and do that. And that was phenomenal because we got to know who we were. We weren't kids again. We weren't kids at that moment. We didn't, we didn't talk to each other like kids and behave like kids. We were actually engaging in, in, into healthy adult behavior. Um, so on a Trace Diaz weekend, as she mentioned, she went through her weekend. She, she loved every bit of that. And um, we had a uh, sequoia, which is like our Conanias here. And um, I, I asked her to be my wife at that. And, um, which was June of 2019. Thanks, Dave. She's better at dates than I am for sure. And so, you know, all the yuck and muck and all that stuff is, is, is done. It's gone. That jacket is off. The patch is no longer being worn. We don't live in the past anymore. And we are in a covenant marriage today. Um, we came here to Beloved. In March of 2020. Thank you. And um, <laughs> quick. You should see our calendar at home. <laughs> and um, we had, again, Tom Stammen was here. On May 31st of 2020. Mm -hmm. And you're good. And so he, of course, called Chris out and said some things to Chris that were totally on point. And then at the very end, close to the very end, you know, he picks out those 10 people he's going to talk to at the end of the service. And I was one of those 10. So I'm sitting there waiting and everything else. And so Tom, I don't even remember what Tom said to me whatsoever, except that I was going to work with kids and I was going to work to help young pregnant moms know that they can be successful moms. And then he's like, so what's the relationship with you and your, your husband? And I said, well, he's not my husband. And he goes, oh, there's a story. 
And so I quickly went, we started in dating in 1990, we had our first kid in 94, second kid in 99, got engaged in 2001, got married in 2001, had our second kid in 2002, got divorced in 2017, started dating in 2019, 17, start, got re-engaged in 2019, and he goes, and why aren't we married? And of course, I had all the excuses in the world, and I'm like, yeah, this is not going to work. He goes, Steve, he goes, we need to have a wedding? And Steve's like, sure, how about after lunch? And I said, okay. I said, and Steve goes, maybe you should talk to Chris. And I went, okay. So I walk over to Chris. I said, oh, we're going to get married today. And he went, um, the kids aren't here. And I went, we're getting married today at Stephen Kay's house after lunch. And he goes, Missy, the kids aren't here. I went, I know. And he goes, are you okay with this? I'm like, yeah, are you? He goes, I guess we're getting married. So... <laughs> We got married in Stephen Kay's backyard. I was holding lilacs. I was wearing um, one of Kay's purple tanked pretty shirts because I got um, beef juice on the, on the shirt I had. And quite a few people that are in this room who we had just known for a couple months were our substitute parents, our witnesses, our DJ, our everything. Oh, don't forget best man. He knows who that person is. He knows. <laughs> And so that's where we started our journey in our covenant marriage. Yes. And then a couple months later, with our, kid, with our two younger kids there, we were at the Smiths for our water baptisms. And Chris and I went in as the old Missy and Chris Riggs together holding hands to coming up as the new Missy and Chris in a covenant marriage yes. in front of our two kids. Oh. You know, I, we're just beginning on this journey, and it's been three years, and we're going to have our, our third marriage anniversary coming up shortly. A week from Wednesday. <laughs> Note taken. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're just starting to really touch on some divine things, and, and really, well, today now we know what marriage really is about. We know what covenant really is. And, and going to some covenant marriage weekends, and we're really understanding how to really love one another, which is love Jesus first, and then we can love each other. Because that was one of our biggest things, is I want you to love Jesus more than you love me. And once that happened, it just transformed from there. So see how John, 1 John 4.19 worked? Mm -hmm. I have to love him first before I can love my husband yeah. the way that he loves him. Yeah. So... Obviously, that verse was to give me an insight of exactly what he was bringing to my life and what he was going to fix that I thought I was going to be without. And all I can say, I know we're probably close to our time up to, is listen, everybody. All relationships, they have bumps and they have bruises and they, come, they go down the wrong path. But if you turn to God and let him take the control of that relationship it turns into the most beautiful thing in the world. And the thing that's more beautiful to me about is that my three kids went from, Mom, why are you still with him? To, wow, Mom, I'm really glad you stuck it out with Dad. Amen. 
dans ce bar, please, tu sais. Brother Tom. The word prophecy scares a lot of people. A prophetic word scares a lot of people. Have you caught the thread of words that have been released in this very body and how impactful and life-changing they've been? Just in the few that have testified so far. I remember that day, we had a little get-together with Tom, the first team that went to Honduras, to IMI, and we did lunch at, at Pastor Stephen Miss Kay's house after. And I happened to be witness to the, why aren't you married? Hey, why aren't we going to marry these guys today? We're going to have a wedding. Well, okay. Here, we thought we were just getting together to have lunch and testify more amongst ourselves to what the Lord had done through us and to us in Honduras. And then we got blessed to be able to be a part of what you just heard little bits and pieces of and the restoration in each of their hearts and their marriage. And look at what's happened to their children via their actions, not their words. The fruit of their actions are clearly visible. And their children are being touched by it. And that day, while they were together, and we were at the castle home. They didn't have any money for rings. Did you catch they weren't prepared to get married that day? There were no rings. So if I remember right, Pastor Steve went and got a rubber washer. It was awesome. And then he came around to all of us behind you guys and said, hey, do you want to sow a seed? Do you want to sow a seed? Of course, I want to sow a seed. I want to bless these guys. That's awesome testimony. Barely know them. Remember the first day Chris came? Didn't matter. I knew that I knew I was supposed to sow a seed. So we're back to wealth building for a minute. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. So I sowed a seed. We all sowed seeds. That's how we roll. What year was that, Missy? 2020. 2020. This was 2020. 2020. May. <laughs> All right, May 31st, 2020. I should remember that day really well. And I'm going to do my best, but Missy will help me if I ever lose track of that. <laughs> because I sowed a seed. This is a kingdom principle that we need to have. And when I told Pastor Steve and Miss Kay about Allie, and what the Lord had brought into my life, the first words out of Miss Kay's mouth, I think they were the first. If I'm wrong, Miss Kay, correct me. But I think it was the first. Oh, you sowed a seed into their covenant marriage. And God is blessing you because of it. Amen. Not the only reason, of course, but he did. Yes. You can't make this stuff up, says Brandon, every time he gets a chance. And today we celebrate our covenant of one year that you all witnessed with us. Praise God. Because he is so faithful. 
He is so faithful in all of our actions and our hearts. He is so faithful. That was awesome, you guys. Thank you. Oh, boy. Miss Donna. Miss Donna. Gosh, you bless us, sis. You and your husband are such a blessing to our body. I, I don't think Lee and Donna understand what a blessing they are to this body. Thank you. Well, I'm Donna V. Werner, for those who don't know. And uh, it's a blessing to be standing before this family today. And um, our, who I call our spiritual grandfather, Andrew Womack, has a teaching called A Place Called There. This based on, uh, based on the life and story of Elijah. If you're unfamiliar, you can read about the prophet Elijah in the book of 1 Kings. You can hear about his whole story and uh, experiences. But according to the teaching and Elijah's experiences as described in scripture, our blessings are awaiting us at a place called there. It may be obvious, but sometimes getting to our place may require us to literally move from wherever we are so that we can find the intersection of that place and God's blessings for us. However, just like what happened with Elijah, sometimes we can be out of position either by disobedience, procrastination, fear, or other hindrances. And at times, God will allow life and circumstances to stir us, challenge us, motivate us to move. For me, it took a global blank-demic. <laughs> after having grown up in the Missionary Baptist Church and then being in other denominations throughout the years, and after having relocated across the country several times, I had settled in at a ministry in Chicagoland where I thought I'd been getting a deep, uncut word. While I had become quite comfortable with my life in general, my place in the Lord, I was okay with my ministry and doing well in my career, at the same time, I was starting to become frustrated and uneasy. And out of nowhere, it seems, the world had decided to turn itself upside down and flip inside out, and now I had no more church home. The place I thought was my church home had suddenly closed its doors at the time when most people, whether they knew it or not, needed church the most. And I was one of those rare ones, I guess, who was willing to fight the ensuing battle because surely that church wasn't going to give in. Oh, but they did, in fact, close. The leadership of that church apparently would rather comply than fight. Amen. When I realized that was their decision, I really felt no longer comfortable, and frustrating had promoted itself to the very top floor. I was frantically seeking someone who knew and taught the Word of God and would also stand in the Word that they had taught. As David said before he beat Goliath, is there not a cause? Now it was time to find my tribe. In that quest, I was all together and wholly prepared to move out of state if necessary. I had heard of a pastor who'd been arrested and some others outside of Illinois who had not shut down. And I was actively in pursuit of my actual place called there, not the place I thought was there. But I'm thankful to God for the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
Lee and I began to hang out with the people at the Chicago campus of Karis Bible College, and one thing led to another. We met the wonderful Craig and Peggy Harvey, who were starting something called the Chicagoland Grace Group. Well, that sounds good. We should go. So we did. Then Lee told me that there was this worship band called Rugged that had ministered at Karis. Ooh, worship? Well, that's surely my thing. <laughs> then I heard about this pastor who'd sued the governor so the churches could open, but I found out that it was in this faraway place called Lena, Illinois. <laughs> what? Over two hours away by car? I don't know about all that. Well, after having already visited a different church that was about 90 minutes away, well, what was another half hour? One particular Saturday, I felt an intense draw and desire to try the faraway church in Lena, and the intensity in my heart said that it had to be that next day. Lee agreed. We made the two-plus-hour trek, and oh, my gracious, as they say, the rest is history. I was welcomed and greeted so warmly. The worship band I'd heard about was indeed amazing. The word of God was rich in both wealth building and the main message. Not only that, but the pastor announced that there would be a secret meeting after church where information would be shared about some things we should know. Really? Okay. I want to stay for the secret meeting and find out what's going on. The secret meeting was very much the icing on the cake. These were people who believed what I believed, who filled in the gaps, answered the questions, and it was all verifiable, authentic, and congruent. I'd found my tribe. So there I was at Beloved Church in faraway Lena, almost out of Illinois. That was the beginning of the beginning and only the beginning of the blessing. It is said that you don't know what you don't know, and that is absolutely true. When I mentioned earlier that I had become comfortable with everything, I found that when presented with a different level and depth of scripture, there were indeed things I didn't know that I didn't know. I'd heard the words, finished work of the cross, grace, faith discipleship. And after all my years in church, I didn't know that my knowledge wasn't even a millimeter below the surface of those words. In short, the word of God that is presented from this platform and through our small group discipleship on Wednesdays and individual discipleship is iron sharpening iron. The word, the revelation, the emphasis on understanding that everything is a matter of the heart was ext has extended itself into every facet of my life. As many of you know, Lena isn't a faraway place anymore. It's now only 17 minutes away because the Father's blessed me to relocate to my new home in Freeport, <laughs> which is another of my places called there. The Holy Spirit led me to change some things in my career so that I didn't lose any income, but I now have the freedom to travel in and out of the country or go anywhere else I want to go without having to ask permission. My beloved church place called there has allowed me the extreme honor to be accompanied by my pastors, not once, but twice, with more to come by their own invitation and interest 
not because I asked, but because they wanted to, joined in the mission work in Kenya that God gave me. Some of you know Dorcas Destiny International. To serve and assist those women, children, and, pr and prisoners. Not only have my pastors accompanied and, ass and uh, assisted, but other brothers and sisters of this very beloved church family have taken an interest and joined in support of the mission. Again, not because I asked, but because they wanted to. In summary, my entire life and walk have, have, have been enriched and enhanced through my new relationships here at Beloved. It's been quite an amazing adventure, allowing the Lord to love me into finding my place called there. I'm grateful that we are members of the same family, the same tribe, and that we get to do this together. And as we've heard several times today, the best is yet to come. Amen. So good. You hear us say all the time, be where you're supposed to be. And if you're not supposed to be here, please seek the Lord on where he wants you to be so you too can walk in this. That threads throughout today as well, but you articulated that so well. Thank you. God bless you. Pastor Ryan. Pastor Ryan, please come and share. Is anybody else enjoying this as much as I am? For real. Oh, man. I don't know why I was selected to go last, but please, next time, don't put me last. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. It's not... Oh, man. You'll have to forgive me. I have the spirit of Chris on me right now. Oh, man. So, I am supposed to share about my courageous stand against our school district. Um, and I do that after hearing all of these beautiful testimonies and... It is those testimonies that make and encourage me to stand. It wasn't anything that was great and spectacular about me, but it was knowing that my beloved family has my back and no matter what decision I do. It wasn't through 
my strength that I could do it. It was through what Jesus did and has done in each one of you. And that is the beautiful thing about what we have heard this morning. It's not anything that Stacy did. It's not anything that Jen did. It's not anything, honestly, that beloved church has done. It is all about what Jesus has done and living from the victory from what Jesus has done is how we are able to stand and go through the things that we have gone through. So, I can do this in Jesus' name. So, as I was preparing for this, um, this story begins, or this testimony, it's not, a, not really a story, but this testimony begins in 2020, when we went through all of our silliness that we went through, uh, when it came time for uh, us to have to make the decision about what we were going to do with uh, the school district. Most of you know that my wife and I drive school bus for a local district, and um, they sent out a letter to us, and they gave us three options in, those letter, in that letter, and it was that we could test weekly, we could get the jab, or we could file a religious exemption. And we were like, well, this is easy. This, if anyone, the pride in me, if anyone should get a religious exemption, sure, it should be the pastor, right? So I was like, okay, this ought to be easy, breezy, whatever. So we, uh, we submitted a religious exemption, and they said, they wouldn't accept what we had. We had to fill out their form that they wanted us to do. So we jumped through their hoops and do all that, and they still denied us our religious exemption. So um, then got really interesting because for sure I thought we are going to be granted this, the pride in me. Like I said, I'm a pastor. This is not just an exemption for me to get. This is my lifestyle. Um, so I was thinking, I got this. Don't worry. Well, when that got denied, uh, it really made Jesse and I press in and ask the Lord and seek the Lord of what we were supposed to do, what the Lord wanted us to do. We knew that we weren't going to uh, get the vaccine, but what did that mean? What did it look like? Was it okay for us to test weekly? What did the Lord want us to do? Because we have grown. I, I coached, I, well, I graduated from uh, the district that we're at. I've been involved. I coached there for 10 years. Um, so I've been heavily involved in the district, and I had a lot of um, favor uh, in the district. We both did, just being involved in lots of stuff. And it was seeming like everything was getting cut off. So we didn't want to lose that because we have use that as our mission field as well. So what did that mean? What did it look like? So it made us really press in to see what the Lord wanted us to do. And it really made us have to rely on the peace of God in our lives, not just what we wanted. Because I'll be honest, driving school bus, I really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun but it also has the perks of a little side gig paying job. And a lot of our um, 
partnerships and our giving come from that extra money that uh, comes from busing. And we knew that that was going to be cut off if we weren't going to be driving. And we knew that not partnering with the people and the things that the Lord put on our hearts to partnership was not an option as well. So it really made us press in to see what the Lord wanted to do. And the Lord did an amazing thing uh, in us, in our hearts. Um, I'm, I know that... Uh, so, we... I can testify that we decided that we were going to not test weekly. It led to a lot of meetings, a lot of great conversations that we had in the office uh, with the superintendent, um, telling him um, what they're doing is not right. Um, and it was really, honestly, a really good conversation. At the end of this whole thing, uh, we are back driving now, and it has led to some more amazing conversations with the superintendent because he has said uh, to me that he is so thankful that I believed in something enough to stand up for it. And so this verse was actually one verse that uh, was on my heart a lot when we were uh, going through this. And today I woke up and I did my normal. I click on the verse of the day to see what the verse of the day is. Today, the second half of this is what the verse of the day is. So if we could go to John 14. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to, you, bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Verse of the day. Peace. I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. So we had to really press in and, and ask the Lord what he wanted us to do. And living from a place of peace, relying. I've said, one of my things that I've said since going through this stuff in 2020 is I'm so thankful that we have the Holy Spirit. I could not imagine going through everything that we've gone through without the Holy Spirit. And this verse was something that the Lord put on our hearts, that living from a place of peace is where the victory is. So, in 2021... Jesse and I, this, so this all started uh, Labor Day weekend of 2021. We had to make the decision of if we were going to drive or not. Um, so in 2021, Jesse and I had given the most financially we have ever given in our marriage without driving that extra job. In 2022, we surpassed that, and we also did not drive for a portion of 2022 as well. And we gave the most that we have given. And it's not, it's not about the money. It's not about, but it's allowing the Lord to lead you in those places and operate and live from a place of peace.
So we, we not only gave more in 2021 financially, I was also very honored to be able to bless someone with a truck that I had that I was blessed with. Because I kind of have this mentality that if the enemy launches an attack, I'm not going in to defense mode. I'm going on the offense. So I said, if you want to attack my finances, finances, watch this. So not only did we give more during a time where it didn't make sense to be giving because according to us, uh, we were losing income, which we did, but we gained so much more. The Lord, the Lord was so faithful during that time that when we had things coming up, people sowed into us, people gave to us, people were there, and it was amazing to see what the Lord was doing because honestly, through that, I had a lot of, like I said at the beginning, I had some pride things that I thought that I could do it. Well, I had a lot of pride things as well in the area of I'm leaning on this instead of relying on the Lord. And that whole situation really changed my look on putting it into perspective of what it is. Like I said, that, that district is our mission field, and it turned into something that just became an income in my heart. Not that it was necessarily, that's the way that I viewed it all the time, but um, just the perspective and what the Lord did in that uh, and re-shifting that was beautiful. And so, as I stand today and testify of the courageousness that I did, I, get, I don't even, it does not feel as a big courageous. It just feels like a powerful testimony of the Lord. It's not anything that I could have done without him. So I'm testifying of God's goodness, of what he did, how he brought us through, how he sustained us, and what the peace of God can do if you allow it to rule your heart. So. And in all that, I watched this family get revelation, this brother get revelation, on walking in perfect peace, Amen. in unwavering faith. You hear that term, unshakable, unwavering? And of course the Lord would bring someone in to edify and exhort and stand alongside of, even though he wouldn't have asked for it. It's a great testimony. Did you catch his, his family's actions and the fruit in the district? Amen. And on Facebook and on and in, set aside from the superintendent. Yeah, praise Amen. God. That's awesome, brother. Thank you. Thank you. I want to encourage you all. To, to get details of these testimonies in a deeper way. If you, need, if you need that testimony in your journey, there's power in these testimonies. 
And it's just a smattering of what's in this room. Even as I look across this room, we could go till tomorrow, one at a time. But what a great opportunity to let the word of Jesus, the testimony, go forth. And I pray you were blessed by it. So if you'd rise, I want to bless you, please. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of his life-changing word. If you would like to learn more about Steve Castle Ministries and Beloved Church, you can go online to stevecastle.com or belovedchurchillinois.com. You can also contact us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are a part of the beloved family of God and Beloved Church is the place where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart to receive as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. I pray, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health prospering your body and all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.